Today we're going to start the second Maima Yechilim, Yemaima, the second Maima, the Hemshech. And as I explained when we started, the Maima can be, the Hemshech can be divided into three sections. Um, and the first section is these first two Maimarim, which come as a pair. They both explain the part of the Medrash that describes uh, Kois. And they're trying to understand the concept of a Kois, concept of a Makabal. What is the role of a Makabal? What is the identity of a Makabal? What is the impact of a Makabal? And in the first Maima, we focused on Dibur as well as Guf. Uh, so Dibur in, with relation to Seichel and Midas, and Guf in relation to the Neshama. And we touched very briefly on the role of Isha um, in relation to Ish. And in this Maima, we're going to elaborate on the concept of Isha, of the woman, of the mother, in relation to the man, the father. And we're also going to talk about Knesset Yisrael, or B'nai Yisrael, Shamas Yisrael, in relation to Torah. Okay? Now, as I explained to you also at the beginning, Hemshech is written, um, starts off with the, uh, the the beginning, whatever the beginning is going to be. So in this case, Yom Tov Shor Hashanah. But then the whole Hemshech is written in one flow. And it was only afterwards that it would be divided and additional beginnings and sometimes ends would be added. So in this instance, it, we have a beginning, Yechienum Yumayim, and just find these things interesting, you can see on page Shinyu Tess of the new edition, the notes that the Rebbe Rashab wrote, that he wanted to be, that when he, when he handed the Hemshech over to the, the scribe to, um, uh, to copy the Maima, he gave him extra pages of notes of where to add things in. So you can see at the bottom of this page that they're printed here, the Haskolas Hamaim at the beginning of the Maim Yechinam Yemaim that was intended to be included into the um, the manuscript from, from the manuscript um, inserted to designate it as a separate Maim. Yeah. Okay. So this was said on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, Tafishim um, Tess. This is a posuk from Hishaya. Um, that you enlivened us from days, and on the third day, um, you will raise us up, and we will um, we will live. We will uh, uh, we will live in your presence, in His presence. Now, this pasuk, Rashi explains this pasuk to mean that Yimayim goes on, it's the plural of days, so it's, a, it's two times, two, two um, eras, two, two, two uh, times, which were the times of the Khurban, uh, the Khurbanis, the, the destructions of the Beis Amik, the destruction of the Beis Amikdash, both the first and the second. And the Yom Hashlishi, the third day, is a reference to the Beis Hamikdash Hashlishi, so that's the Nevuah um, that will we will be zeichet to the Beis Hamikdash Hashlishi. Other mafarshim, um, so the Radak refers to um, talks about it referring to Golis 
Golis Mitzrayim and Golis Bovel, and the Yemashlishi is the Golis that we're in now. Um, but the first Pirish that the Rebbe brings is a Pirish which the Mokya seems to be in, in Chassidus from the Alter Rebbe. So the two days, the days plural, refers to the two days of Rosh Hashanah. The Rosh Hashanah, because Rosh Hashanah is always two days. So that the notion of the second day Yontif on Rosh Hashanah is of a different order entirely than when you have uh, Yontif Sheni of Pesach, Shavuos and Sukkot. Um, that even uh, originally it was always uh, a two-day yontif, and it affects the many of the um, the dinim, especially when it comes to things like shechianu, because it's treated as one long day. So why is there not an additional day as a third day? No, because it, it is connected to. It's not disconnected to the the whole notion of when the months of when the new uh, when the new moon is. It just happens to be that they established that Rosh Hashanah would always be two days. Um, and so it, um, and it goes back, it talks about it, that from the, it's a, uh, from the time of the Nevi'im that it was two days. So it's not something that was later added. Um, and this was in, in, in Eretz Yisrael. So it's not, it's, it's got, it's of a different order and, 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 and um, Importance has a different level of importance than than you'll find in the in the other second day yontifs. Um, you can look it up in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch Simon Tafresh. And then b'yei mashlishi yikimenu hu yei makipurim. So you got the two days Rosh Hashanah and the third day being Yom Kippur. Uva Tana Devei So the Tana Devei which is a collection of midrashim, which is divided into two sections. Seda Elio Rabban, Seda Elio Zutta. So you see, this is from the Seda Elio Rabban. You see from the footnote. So in the Tana of Elio, Isa Yechayenu Miyumayim Elam Hazer. That the Yumayim refers to Elam Hazer, and Yum Hashlishi Yikimenu Hu Elam Haba. And the third day refers to Elam Haba. So. What is the Yimayim here? What, so why is it why is Elam Hazi in the plural of days? So that so the, the Rebbe Rashab adds, Umash Elam Hazi Nikri Yimayim Hainuit Nesha Gamgan Aiden Hu Bichlal Elam Hazi. Then we say Yimayim and Tonbelio says Elam Hazi. When he says Elam Hazi, he includes in that also Gan Aiden. To Ik Elam Haba Haniska the Mishnah the Gemara who Elam Atriya. When Elam Haber is mentioned in the Mishnah Gemara, generally it's a reference to the time of Tchiyas HaMesim. Like when it says in the Mishnah that every single person has a portion of the world to come, the Pirush over there is the Koya Elam It's a reference to the world of the resurrection, the time of the resurrection. The Gan Eden, who Bichlal Elam Hazer. So Gan Eden is included in Elam Hazer. Now, then it says, And this is what it means when it says, days. This refers to this world and Gan Eden. Or alternatively, refers to the period before after the Giloy of Mashiach. 
What's interesting is if you look in the Tan it says Elam Hazer v'yemois ben David. In the days of Ben David, so that's I, I don't know if they're different. Uh, maybe they're different editions, different gersois. Why that wasn't given as the um, straightforward pshat or, or reference. And the third day is a reference to the time of the Tchia. So he asked the question, We need to understand what is the connection between these two interpretations of the Pasuk. Okay? Does it mean Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? Or does it mean This question is a question that remains unanswered here in this Maimah. He doesn't come back to this. There's no, uh, uh, we, we're not going to dwell on this. Um, and it's not of a concern over here. We're going to go straight back into the topic we were talking about. Um, uh, from the end of the last Maimah. We need to, pre- before we get to that, we have to first um, dwell on this topic of that a greater degree of Bina was given to women than was given to men. Now, at the time we didn't discuss it in too much detail because we knew we were going to come back to it over here. So when we, when we were learning the first Maimah, we didn't dwell on this. This is a Gemara in Masech the and on Dafnem Hayomid base. And there you have a Mishnah which talks about when we, uh, the, the time when you have to start taking seriously the Nadorim of people. When people start making vows, when do we have to take it seriously? When, when do we say it's, it's just a child, so it's, not, it's got no significance? And when, and, and when is it? So we know that an adult is an adult. But there's a there's a grey period, and the Mishnah says that for girls it's from eleven, and for boys it's from then when they're twelve, basically a year before their bar and bas mitzvah. Now there's uh, there's another opinion, in the Gemara that brings the Gemara had a different gear, so it says it's the opposite way around. So it's boys from when they're eleven and girls from when they're twelve. But the the reason why there'd be a difference between boys and girls. Is it the question of when they have the 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 understanding, the binah, when do they have the, the maturity and the understanding to be aware of what they're saying and, and understand the, the importance of their statements. Yeah? So the the opinion says that girls are, get to that point quicker than boys. What's he base it on? He based it on a on a on a on a um, on a pirush of the pasuk, that when Hashem made Chava, He built from the rib of Adam. Right. So the word Vayiven is also connected to build. Is also connected to Russian Bina. So there's a there's a pirush that says on that pasuk. From here you learn that woman was given a greater degree of Bina. Have no, 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 no. It's, not, it's not saying the boys have tafim. It's not saying anyone has tafim. It's not saying anyone has das. This is what it says in the Gemara. The Gemara is not concerned 
with Chachem Bin Adas. The Gemara is trying to explain why there'd be this difference between boys and girls when we start taking their uh, statements of Nadarim seriously. So for the boys, the Bosnian says that the boys um, should be the younger one, that it should be for 11 for boys and 12 for girls. So he says because the boys will hang around um, the, 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 the rab or something and they'll, 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 they'll sharpen, it will sharpen them up. In the, they won't be in doing the girl, girl things in the house. They'll be hanging around the... Uh, and, 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 and by osmosis, they'll pick things up and they'll, they'll be enhanced. That's his opinion. So there's two different opinions. But that is the origin of the concept of Bini Yaseir and Nebbi Isha. Apipshat, or at least how it is in the Gemara. But we've already explained this to see that Isha is, um, refers to Dibu. Right? This is how we ended off um, the end of the last Maimah. We said, V'nitna bina yaseira v'dibur yaisam v'bechina seichel amidus. Because the Yidu of the dibur nikra isha. So our whole emphasis in the previous Maimah was how dibur, the isha is a, is a, is, is a marshal for dibur. Because they're both makablin. They're both recipients. So he says here, Shinispoile il al bechinas hadibur shinikra isha. Above, we explained that this pasuk is a reference to dibur, which is called isha. Sheish bezei yisrin koyach, and that there is this so, uh, additional quality found in dibur. Shaideizem mitosef oid b'seichel medicine, through which it's able to uh, enhance the quality and the, and, the, and the profundity of the intellectual or emotional consciousness of the person. Yeah? Okay. So that was the Rebbe Rashab's introduction. That was the extra addition that he had to add into the Ksaviyad. And now it goes back to how he originally wrote the Hamshah. The Hinei Keshem Shehu B'dibur Shehu B'bechinas Hashpah Ruchniyus just like everything we explained with regards to Dibur, which at the end of the day, Dibur is merely a Hashbar Ruchnis, and what we call a Shefechitsonius, which if you remember when we were uh, comparing the relationship between a man and a woman to the teaching of a, a Rav to a Talmud, we said how the Hashbar that the Rav gives to the Talmud is only The Rav is not able to communicate the whole essence of wisdom, or even of his own wisdom in general, or even of his own wisdom, or even of the concept itself. It's merely a reflection of the idea that he has, which is shared. It remains an Inyan Ruchni, and were the student to lack the intellectual acumen to be able to grasp the ideas, it wouldn't help. The teacher would not be able to communicate the idea. Yeah. But, and still we were able to bring out all of this phenomenal uh, ability that Dibur has to transform the intellect and the emotions of the speaker so similarly too we can understand the same dynamic is found when there is a an essential transmission from one person to another to 
reproduce. The hashpo zu he bechinas hashpo pnimis veatsmius that this transmission, this communication, this intercourse of this transferal is of something very essential. The atmus nafshli nimshach bashpo zu because the, the the man who's engaged in the sexual act he is sharing his fundamental essence in the drops of semen which he is going to uh, produce to the extent that in a, if it leads to a pregnancy and ultimately a birth there will be a reproduction of the human being um, in this process and it can be even more than that the child can have even greater success in the development of themselves as a human being than the father did. So everything we this is all the thing this is just a chazor a little bit of what we said in the first Mahima. And then we said, but primarily this is all achieved. The act of reproduction is an achievement of the makabal specifically of the recipient of the woman of ultimately the mother and through the semen residing and staying in the womb of the mother that is what is, makes it plausible and possible for there to be the reproduction of a human being such that it would be comparable to the must be to the father the father if, for the father to be able to reproduce himself it's not sufficient for him purely to produce semen the semen has to uh, conceive that uh, uh, there has to be a conception and the mother has to produce the child and that production of child is mainly uh, an achievement of the mother and not the father that, that's something that's just repeating what we said already um, now we're going to have a section of about two paragraphs from Bo'inyin Hu um, three paragraphs till halfway down uh, halfway down Omid Tess Zion which is going to be um, quite technical and potentially quite difficult um, some people argue that um, it's not so Nagea. I think I remember rightly in, in, in Yossi Shiorim, he says this, uh, this, this section is, you know, this difficult section is not so Nagea to the flow of the Hemshek, no, but it, it's just uh, a digression. I, I, think that, I don't think that's right. Um, I think it's very Nagea, and you'll, you'll see ultimately when we get to the end when we get to the the last few maimorim the the points that he's built he's saying over here are going to be fundamental to the flow of the argument but here it's in very technical things it's not it's not going to make the point yet it's just here we're just trying to establish with the help of making it consistent with a with a range of kabbalistic sources um the um The way in which um, Za, Zer Ampin, the Midas of Atsilas, are enhanced by 
its yichud by its association with malchus. So we're, we're, we're fundamentally talking about zah and malchus of atzilus, and we want to say that just like as we're going in our moshel of a man and a woman, that a a man in order to be able to reproduce needs a woman. Zah needs malchus in order for zah to um, achieve its uh, or, or be or be able to be makabel extra gilu oy. How to how to have a, a connection to high, uh, the higher madrigas. So zah depends on malchus, just like uh, a man depends on a woman, and we get this. So try and make our way through this um, but um, that's why I asked you to look at it beforehand so you'd have at least a little bit of a hakshara and you will be coming to it uh, fresh but here we go so in the process of reproduction in order to be able to reproduce another human being, you have to rely on, it's not just a man and a woman who achieve the reproduction of a child. It has to be, there's Gimel Shutfin, right? There's three partners uh, in the reproduction of a child in the Gemara, a man and a woman and a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So here it describes as a Gilu Eir Elyon Milamai. There has to be a Gilu a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu for something as radical as reproducing a human being, creation, that creative process uh, depends very much on Ahashpo Milamayla. Ukumesha Kosa, like it says in the Pasuk, Zohar Nekeva Bara Isam, that he created male and female, Vayavarech Isam, and he blessed them, Vayemelehem Peru Urvu, and he said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. So there's the Vayavarech Isam, he blessed them. So there has to be the blessing in order for them to be able to uh, succeed in being fruitful and multiplying. Uki Yudua, like it is known. So this is a Posuk in Shi'ashirim. And again, something we mentioned, I think, uh, at the end of the last Maimah, maybe. Maybe not. So it was mentioned here. Yeah, it was mentioned here. Um, so in Shashirim, it gives a marshal. It says, The crown that his mother crowned him with. On the day of his wedding. So, first of all, the marshal over here is that kings and maybe nobility in general, uh, on the day of their wedding, they would wear a sort of a beautiful crown made up of beautiful flowers. And it would be the tradition that the mother would place, the mother of the, the groom would place the um, crown on the king, on the person's head. On the, on the anniversary of the wedding? Or not? No, on the, on the day of the wedding. So, the day of the wedding is the day in which the man and the female come in to sexual union, right? So, um, the 
when when we used this posuk earlier, this was a, a reference. This was a reference to Chosm and Kala, Yem Chosm and Chosm and Kala. And we said that it was Matan Teira, and we're going to use that again a little bit later when we, when we discuss the connection between Teira and Neshama Sisra. But over here, we're going straight. Um, Oh no, we're not. First of all, we're going to explain this pasuk of in, in in sort of the human sense, the way it's related to a man and woman. The atar he bechinas kesa Crown is atar and kesa are two synonymous terms for a crown. So in order for there to be the successful union of a man and woman, there has to be a crown. Which is this hashpa atzmis? But a man, a kid, this man is not able to wear this crown. The ordinarily he doesn't. He's not zeicher to wear this crown. Only he's only zeicher to wear this crown when on the day of his wedding, which means bishvil hamakabel, because of the makabel, for the sake of the makabel. The only reason he's getting this crown is because of the makabel. Okay. Okay, the Isa Bezaya, like it says in the Zaya, Al Posuk. So it's a Posuk in Tehillim. God del Hashem, Umhulami Eid, Beirali Kenya. That Hashem is great and lauded and praised, extremely praised, extremely lauded. Beirali Kenya, in the city of our Lord, Bahar Kodshin. The end of the possible har kodshim. So the posh pshat is it's a reference to Yerushalayim and to the Beis Hamikdash. The Hashem is great and praised from the beauty, from the the, the splendor of Yerushalayim and the Beis Hamikdash. What does it say in the Zayhar? A Mosai who godl when is Havaya? When is Hashem godl? Kishahu be'irli kingu dafkin. When specifically is in the early kingu? Masha enkin. Malka beloi matru nisa, lav ihu melech, belav ihu godl. But a king without a queen is not a king and is not great. So he explains. What, what are the dargas we're talking about here? Mashnisa, like the same. Mashnisa, like the same. Mm-hmm. Behind you. Ki malka hu bechinas za. King, the dargah of king, is a reference to Zah, the middays of Atzilus. Because in the Posse it says Godl Havaya. Havaya is uh, ordinarily a reference to the dargah of Tiferes of Atzilus. So Tiferes is uh, part of Zah. Okay? Without a queen, he beginas hamalchus. So malchus is the queen, and love you melech, love you godl. So zor is not great and is not begeder melech without malchus. He ikah hagadlus nimshach mi beginas haatora davka, because what is the greatness of a king is primarily demonstrated in the specifically in the crown. 
sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's a shorthand to refer to royalties, the crown. Yeah, you don't even have to say the king; you just say the crown, and you know who you're talking about. Which is just like an ordinary king who is crowned with a royal crown. So how does it work for Rufnis? Um, we're going to show how without the, the, the quality of being a king, of the greatness and the, the, the godless that comes with being a king is dependent on the makabal. Without there being a makabal, there's no way of achieving the greatness that comes with being a monarch. Okay? The inyanak Torah Baruch what is the concept of a coronation? A coronation is to arouse within the monarch a desire to rule. The koyach that a person has to be a ruler is a quality in the soul which is extremely hidden. It's extremely um, deeply um, embedded in the nefesh to such an extent that it's, it's very difficult for it to um, become functional. It remains suppressed and subdued and subconscious. It's not in a state of gilu. Does it mean the state of gilu? Um, so I'm going to just finish the sentence. So it's necessary to stimulate in the person a desire to want to rule. The gilu, so it should become apparent. The person should want to be a king. And that is the coronation. And that is who 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 does the coronation? The people. They accept upon themselves the sovereignty of this person, these battalion may love the Gamri, and they completely submit themselves to his rule. And that is the notion of prostrating oneself with the spreading of arms and legs. Is the complete placing yourself uh, on a side and, and uh, in, in the service of this king. The person's w- wishes and will, their, all of their um, mode of thinking, their mode of feeling, is all de- becomes devoted to this monarch. And then they crown him with the royal crown. He wears the crown because now he's got the desire to be a king. He can be a king. Why did it give the example they wanted to express the idea that Mashbiya the Melech requires a Mushbud the Matrunisa? Why couldn't it instead of being more obvious, a seemingly more obvious example of a Melech Bulayam, that a king is definitely not a king without a nation and he's definitely not a great without a nation because there's no one to be king. That's what we're expanding it here to. That's what we're doing exactly right now. So Nazoya just refers to it, that's how it says Nazoya because it's only referring to it. Um, in, in reference to in, in reference to Atsilas. 
because we're, we're talking about Yichudim. The king doesn't, um, the king doesn't have sexual relations with all the people. He only has sexual relations with the queen. So in relation to the Yichudim of Atzilus, uh, it makes more sense to talk about a king and a queen. Um, but more broadly, the notion of Melucha depends on uh, uh, on Azulas. It, it depends on a Makabu. And from this crowning, this wearing of the crown, and this assuming of the role of the king, from here comes the whole greatness of the king. His ability to be able to be sovereign and controlling over the entire country and its provinces. Um, it all stems from his desire to be king. If you have someone who doesn't want to be a king, they can't rule. They have to embody the role of the king. And so this person has this koyach but the koyach ha-melucha is behelem. And it's only through the uh, submission of the am that the person is able to fully express their own koyach and rotzim nimlucha and be worthy of wearing the crown. So rotzim itself is a crown. Rotzin is, is a Kayach Makif, just like the so Kesa, um, using that term Rotzin, Rotzin, that Rotzin Lucha is, is itself a, the crown. And it doesn't just, uh, it affects the whole entirety of the king. When uh, a king is able to uh, develop their desire to be a king, to have this crown, this rotzin for the melucha, then all of their other abilities are also enhanced and elevated. All aspects of the king, not just his desire to be a king, but every aspect of the king is superior to all of the people. Like it says, from his uh, shoulders and upwards, he was higher than all the, the entire nation. The Shechem, um, the shoulders, which are the middies of Chesnegvur. Now, oftentimes, the shoulders are referred to as Das, as the, 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 specifically the part of Das, which is splits into two into Chesnegvur, because usually the arms are Chesnegvur uh, in the uh, symbolism of the body. But uh, here it goes straight to the, the Midas themselves, Chesed Kvurah. So even the, um, in the ordinary Seder of things, the, a person's Midas are lower than their, their Moichin. And here the Midas of the king are even higher than the Moichin of the people. All of that is achieved by the person having this desire to be a king. This Ratzin Imlucha, which is uh, they're, they're in, in Ruchnius, their crown. Their crown is their rotten to be a king. And the king is incomparable the way the person is prior to their coronation and after when they become a king. No, because at the coronation, the rotten is revealed. Through the coronation, through the they people. They become a king without wanting to be one. Well, the coronation is what 
it's in the act of coronation that the, the people demonstrating their submission and their bittle to him, that is able to um, cultivate in him the, the Ratzim Imlucha, which is a Kayach that he always had, but it was, it was very, it was, it, he was unable himself to, um, to develop it. It was something he was, it was subconscious, it was, he was unconscious of it. And it could only be uh, developed through uh, the, the submission of the people. So when the king becomes a king, everything, all of his abilities are enhanced. Because they now person now has a, a desire to be a king. He's now going to explain this a little bit more. So this let's think about the desire to be a king it is a, a quality in the self um, that is a, a sublime it's a sublime um thing, a very deep uh, identity of nefesh. If you think of nefesh as a chilek of the kamlin mal, it has in it, in it, uh, has all these qualities. It has seichel and it has midas of these koiches, but the koich amalucha, because malchus and this desire to be a king is, is a very deep thing. So this is a is, is a is a more sublime koich, and it's natur mushrash be'etzim nefesh. It goes to the very essence of what a person is. You know, because the Abish, you know, it, 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 it's 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 nishtalshul from the fact that the Abish also wants to be a king. Hashem has a desire to be a king. That's why he created the world. That's why he wants us to do Torah mitzvahs. He gives us bechirah chavshis that he, that we can be as if we're separate entities. We can be mavatal ourselves to him. So this is the very fundamental reason for existence. Our own existence. So within each individual person, they also have this koyach. But uh, this koyach isn't, isn't that sort of a selfish reason? No, it's not a it's not a guy, but it's not like I want to control other people. Well, what is it then? It's a gilui of the etzema nefesh. Okay. That is demonstrated in what we call a remus. It's an elevation of the self. It, it puts you in a state of um, uh, of elevation. Uh, to be a king is to be elevated. So wait, if it's if it's a given neshama, so neshama has a neshama. No, what's explaining is because the neshama is a chelak elikami mal. Many of the the kaches and techunis of the nefesh are uh, inherited sort of traits. That emanate from Hashem. Um, but this koyach is is very different to all the other koyachs. So a normal koyach is something that you can uh, develop by yourself. Meaning that a person can be uh, kind without there being anyone to be kind to. 
um, you can stimulate yourself to be kind. Now, obviously, when we're talking about things like seichel, seichel we know is la'atzmo. A person can engage intellectually without the need for a zulas. You don't need anyone else for, um, to, for, for an intellectual life. Emotionally, middos usually say you can't be kind. You need to have someone to be kind to. That Avram Avinu was a bit because he wasn't able to be kind. Uh, there weren't any, there weren't any uh, wayfarers going past. So it made him, it, it, it distressed him. But his original koyach, he was still able to arouse in us his desire to be kind. Yeah? Doesn't need, the other person is not required for that to be stimulated. Um, another difference that you find uh, of the Koyach HaMalucha as compared to the other Koyachas HaNefesh is that the Koyachas HaNefesh can be on not only can they be they're primarily on Kraven and Mukrovin people close to you so if someone's got a, a, a middah of being kind usually their kindness extends to people closest to them rather than people they don't know Whereas when it comes to Kayach HaMalucha, you can't really be a king over your own family, your relatives. It has to be Nifravin, uh, it has to be separate people, right? But one of the most fundamental differences of Kayach uh, HaMalucha with all the other Kayachas are that the other Kayachas um, Are that the other koiches are in a state of sort of gilu from the nefesh, meaning a normal human being, even if someone is a really nasty person, they they're capable of being kind. Often they might be kind to a relative or someone else, right? But even if someone's nature and teva is to be nasty, their ability to be kind is not hidden in them. It's usually readily, it's ready to be, it's, and, it can be, and it can be stimulated at any time. It's not completely foreign. Whereas a Kayach HaMalucha is not like that. The way it's described in the Maimorim, if you look in the footnote um, uh, 143, there's a lot of very good references there, especially the Ateras. Um, the Ateras explains this very nicely. You... A person with such shlemus nafshay has a koyach hamalucha. Most people will never, will never get to know, or reveal, or develop their koyach hamalucha. It will remain something which is behelam benafshay. It will stay hidden. Life, and 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 life will go on. It doesn't have to be used. It's not uh, something that is readily available and so in order for this to be triggered in a person a the person themselves can't just sort of say think deeply and somehow find it within themselves their desire to be a ruler can't just they can't just uh, through extensive hispononus find a uh, find a way to develop this uh, personality trait 
this personality trait is just not accessible to them. The only way they're going to know that their koyach is worthy of being revealed is when somebody else tells them. When, when through a zulas, it's only through the zulas coming and declaring that you know you should be the king. Does the person start to uh, reflect and start wondering what this is all about? And it's through this uh, zulas, and specifically the type of zulas is very far away, a nifrid lagamri. Why would somebody, nothing to do with me, um, wish me to rule over them? And that is what starts triggering the outpouring of this kayach amalucha. So, so when the people through the coronation are able to arouse within the person the desire to be a king, everything, there is a sort of, a, a, you know, you, you get to the very etzim, you get to the very, the, the very depths of this person's psyche and personality, then after that, everything else is on a different plane. It's on a different, it operates differently. Because this person has now been sort of completely reorientated through the gilu kayahamalucha, through the person's now desire to be a king, they have uh, sort of tapped into a part of themselves, a very pneumistic part of themselves, to the point of being associated with the etzim anafesh uh, part of themselves. And so now, when they're going to start utilizing other kodchus, their seichel, their midlis, and all these other things, they're going to be operating on a different plane entirely. A new world has opened up for them. And that is the marshal of haktara that we're using. So we're trying to explain how Zor, who is our king, for instance, in order for Zor to wear a crown, in order for there to be a hamshacha from Kesa to Zor, depends on Malchus. Without Malchus, there can't be a hamshacha of Kesa to Zor. That's how it is in the Nimshal. In, yeah? So the Nimsa Muvam Mizeh. So from this it's understood. The godless Hamelech, who al Malchus. Remember why I told you about the Nimsa? Nimsa is like a, a summary of what we've just said. The godless Hamelech, Malchus. They're the two key pieces of information for what we just said. The greatness of the king is achieved through a coronation, and that coronation is brought about because of the people. So similarly, we can understand it when we're talking about Lamaile and Atzilus. The main greatness of Malka Ilo'a of the supernal king of Zor, who Minha Atara is derived from the Atara, from the crown, from Kesa. Which interrupts him. Yeah, Kesa. Yeah. nimshach mi bina. And this crown, how is it nimshach? It's nimshach. How does Zor get a, uh, get to wear the crown of Kesa? How's it have a shaykhus to, 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 to Kesa? It's because of Bina. And we said, the who puts the crown on the king? The mother. 
So in Kabbalistic terminology, Chachme is the father and, and Bina is the mother. So the mother is a reference to Bina. Bina places the crown on the king. But it's not saying that the crown comes from Bina, just like in the, the actual Pasuk. It's not saying the crown comes from the mother. Uh, so the crown is not a crown from Bina. The crown is the crown of actually of Kessa. Seeing that the king itself is himself is Zor, or the Midas that are swimming through the rock saying that's what we're speaking about. No, in Atsilas, when we're talking about the king, we refer it's a reference to the king and the queen are Zor and Malchus. Okay. When we say that that, that Torah causes a halor in the king's midas, mm-hmm. then that's, that's the door. That, that so the it. whole parts of Zor, the whole shtel of Zor is, uh, is greater. Godl habaya so what is the godless of Abaya? Abaya is a reference to Zor. What is its godless? Its godless is when it's when it's king. Which is the Pshat. It's godl. Just any king. How is any king godl? Any king is godl because he wears a crown. So that's I think there's a hamshacha of Kesa into Zor. When it's Beiralikeinu, when it's in a shaykhus with Malchus. Okay? Okay, that'll be part one. And we'll continue uh, next time.